The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Welcome to the program as we kick off a new week, another week here. Uh, we are entering fall for sure because it is far cooler outside. Uh, we got hit by fall weather pretty early this year and usually we get uh some nice 80 degree days beautiful days actually and then the cool nights and that's my favorite time of year but we never got the 80 degree days we've been kind of in the 60s and even 50s and looking at the forecast low 50s coming up too and what you hear you probably hear my uh i've got some sinus congestion here that's allergies so you know like the perfect storm of not having the 80 degree days Earlier than uh, normal fall temperatures and allergies. <laughs> that's that's what's going on here anyway. But we'll, we'll still have a great time tonight because we're going to be talking about dreams. Now, you know we all do it. Some dreams inspire us. Some comfort us. Some actually frighten us. Those are fun. Some reveal things to us. And some are just nonsense. But regardless, we're all dreaming. And from what I understand, but we'll know more about this with our guest, Kelly Sullivan Walden tonight, we do it every night. We dream every night. We just don't always remember them. In fact, some people never remember them. Some people remember only very small parts of dreams, and others remember the entire narrative of a dream. What makes the difference between those who remember and those who don't? Is it the dream? Is it the person? Is it what you had to drink before you went to bed or ate? (laughs) Regardless, uh, it's an interesting thought, and we'll be talking about all of that. Again, our guest tonight will be Kelly Sullivan Walden. She's a dream expert. We had her on the show before. She's terrific, and I'm really excited to have her back. So with uh, having said all that, let's go to break. Let's get our guest on the line. We're going to talk about dreams tonight. And we are going to uh, have Kelly Sullivan Walden back on the program. She is a dream expert. Looking forward to her insight as we have this conversation tonight. It's beyond reality. Please support the program. Go to patreon.com slash Johaw. That's J-O-H-A-W. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Our guest tonight, Kelly Sullivan Walden, is a dream expert. Her website is her name, KellySullivanWalden.com. Many books to her credit. You'll find information about all of them there. When we talk about dreams, we talk about something that we all do. That Sometimes they inspire us. Sometimes they comfort us. Sometimes they frighten us. Sometimes they reveal things to us. Sometimes they do absolutely nothing because they're nonsense. And sometimes they do all of the above and more. And here to help us sort it all out is Kelly Sullivan Walden. Kelly, welcome back to the program. It's great to have you back with us. Thank you, JV. It's great to be back with you. Thanks for having me. Yo, you're absolutely welcome. And and I know your schedule is so crazy, so busy, so I appreciate you making the time for us. But uh, first things first, everything okay there? You're in California, right? 
I am. I am. People keep calling and texting and asking and like giving me their addresses if I need a place to stay because there's fires galore. Yeah. But we're okay at the moment. Good. A knock on knock on wood that's not burning. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a crazy time. It's super smoggy, and um, I just I'm looking forward to a little rain. Yeah, I keep hearing that. You know, the fires are obviously one thing and a very very important thing to be aware of, but the air quality is suffering as well because of this. Yeah, yeah, they all relate to each other. So wow. at some point we're going to get some rain. It was yeah, it seemed like it was going to rain a little today, but no such luck. Wow. So we're dreaming about rain. <laughs> I think if we dream enough about it, we'll cause it. Well, make sure you stay safe for us. But let's talk let's talk about dreams. You know, when the first thing that I think a, f- a question that's on the tip of everyone's tongue, we all can describe kind of what a dream is, but I'm not sure we all know scientifically or even even have an understanding of what dreams actually are. What are they? Oh, you know, on one level, I mean, I could answer that question all day long, but but in all honesty, I don't know that any of us knows definitively exactly what they are. I think we can we can poke at it and we have experiences and I don't know that we'll ever know. It's one of those things that it's, it's definitely a, a rabbit hole that we can go down forever. But what I know and having spent many years inside this rabbit hole, one thing I know is at the very least they help us to stay sane. They help us to work out our problems, help us to discover solutions on a very ordinary, regular life level. And on another level, much more metaphysical, they help us to connect with our larger selves. They help us to connect with departed loved ones that we've been missing, that we're grieving over. They help us to discover solutions to big challenges. They help us to invent things that we have no business having a clue about yet because things like that, they, they just don't exist yet. So it really connects us to, I believe, the, the truth of who we are, our more infinite, vast self. And if we pay attention to our dreams, we do have science that shows that if we pay attention to dreams, we become more intuitive the days that we remember dreams. We become better navigators of our life's directions. We become a bit more confident. We even become a bit more compassionate because sometimes we've literally walked 20 miles in someone else's moccasins and we can have aha moments that life experience would have never given us. So those are things that we know scientifically. And then there's a whole lot that we don't know. Is there any um, connection between how well we sleep and dreams? In other words, if we dream at night, does that give us in some fashion a more restful sleep? It seems like it does, but it's not always the case. It seems like we, when we have a really good night's sleep, that's often because we've had some really satisfying dreams, and it's kind of like the whole package is satisfying. But I talk to people all the time that are going through really difficult times. Having, I just talked to somebody today who has had a really difficult time sleeping and had some really strong physical problems that she was moving through. And she had some of the most gorgeous, epic, life-changing dreams in the middle of this really difficult time. So I think our dreams can surprise us. And sometimes some of the most spectacular dreams I've heard that people have shared with me have come during 
difficult times in their lives when they weren't necessarily getting a great night's sleep. So, I mean, I think we could, if we want to stack the odds in our favor, we would live our lives in such a way so as to entice big dreams to come to us and we would live in such a way that we would have sweet dreams and that we would have a a really good night's sleep and there's some things that we can do that are within our realm of control Um, and then there's the mystery then there's you know the wild card (laughs) the dreams have a mind of their own beyond that does everyone dream not everyone i know and i'm one of these people that very rarely remembers my dreams but i assume just based on what little i know about this topic that i still dream i just don't happen to remember it does everybody dream Yes, and I'm so glad that you said that, JV, and I think you just expressed something that a lot of people are thinking about, because we, we do all dream every night, at least three to nine big dreams, and there are very rare exceptions, and those are people that, are, that have severe, severe challenges, um, but that's really the exception to the rule. We could say like 0.2% of the population, but most people who don't remember dreams it's it's not because they're not dreaming. It's just because their dreams are not that easy to to remember in the morning. If we don't go out of our way to look for them, they, it's kind of like fishing. Like if you go fishing, if you're just like floating around in a boat, it's gonna it's rare that a fish is gonna just jump up into your boat and be like, and you're like, yeah, I caught it, easy. Every once in a while that happens, but mostly you have to go out of your way. You have to like sink your line, you've got to lure it in. I'm not a fisher person, so I might be saying all the wrong <laughs> things. But but you do have to exert some effort. So if you're not remembering dreams, it might just simply be that you got to go fishing for them. If we stopped dreaming, what would happen to us physically, emotionally, mentally? Oh, like if we literally didn't dream, like there's there have been scientific, um, there have been like research that shows that um, People who are awakened before they before they have their REM cycle, so they're they're in a sleep study, dream study, and and somebody wakes them up every every ninety minutes, let's say, they within three days or less will start to display psychotic tendencies. Oh wow! They'll start to hallucinate. They'll start to become really angry, really emotional. They'll start to see things. They'll yeah, it's. So some, some of us in the dream community believe that we sleep in order to dream because our dreams are so important. It's like sleep is really just kind of the, the frame around where we get to do the magic, where, where, the, where the art takes place, and, and that's the most important thing. This may come up later in our discussion as well, but I'm not sure it will, so I want to make sure I ask it now. Um, You know, I've seen my dog lying on the floor, and I'm always saying, oh, uh, she's chasing rabbits in her dream. Um, I have to assume that animals dream as well, based on what little observation I can do. Maybe not all animals, but certainly most. Uh, Do we know anything about animal dreams? Yes, actually we do. So we know for sure that dogs and cats are dreaming, and when they do those motions, they are chasing things in their sleep. Um, but there was research done, and I was my husband and I worked closely with the Gorilla Foundation for a while, and you might have heard of Coco the Gorilla. Sure, yeah. Um, so Coco knew at one point years before she died, she had a vocabulary of over a 1,000 words in American Sign Language. So you could actually have pretty full-on conversations with her. 
and she would often wake up from having dreams. She could talk to you about it. They they brought in a mate for Coco named Michael that um, also learned just almost as much sign language as Coco did. And Michael had recurring nightmares. And when Dr. Penny, the, the, the research scientist that worked with them, when she would interview Michael after having these nightmares, he would describe in vivid detail what he was experiencing. And some of that was remembering when he was a baby, his mother being captured by poachers. And that was what woke him up so often in the night he had been so traumatized. So they're highly intelligent. They're, it, to prove that an animal dreams means that they are way more intelligent than we give them credit for. That's an amazing thing to think of, too, because it it, it just illustrates the, uh, I think, the the mental capacity and the thought processes that happen within animals. And, and when we often think that they are, particularly when you talk about dogs and cats, they're kind of creatures of, of uh, instinct, but there's actually a real and deliberate thought process necessary for dreaming, I would think. Yeah, and we could say that it's that it might be related to the way kids are, like very young children. So it's very simple, very basic, and very primal. But but there there are emotions involved, and and there are some higher higher thoughts, and they, there is love, there is genuine emotion, and so we we can give them a lot more credit. In fact, there was speaking of Coco. This is kind of off the dream topic, but. Um, Marlon Brando, to name drop a little, he was fascinated to find out how intelligent animals were. And they, he and some scientists discovered, they, they believed, their hypothesis was if, if a creature is capable of lying, then they are way more, then they, that brings them to a whole other level of intelligence. And they were able to catch Coco in a lie. <laughs> and... <laughs> Which Coco is very upset about that, which also proves her intelligence. She has an ego, or had an wow. ego. She passed away a couple of years ago. But they did, um, they were very sneaky, and they caught her in a, in a lie, which was hilarious. That is, very, that is very funny. And you're absolutely right. I mean, that observation is quite uh, uh, profound <laughs> in the sense that if a, if a, a creature, an animal, can yeah. understand consequences to telling the truth, therefore lie, yes. um, boy, that says a lot about uh, <laughs> exactly. intelligence. Yeah, yeah. What world are we living in? We have to rethink all of that. Um, how did you become so fascinated by dreams? You've made it your life's work. I have, and I, I, I definitely backed into it. I didn't know this would become my life's work at all. But I, um, I have a, a dream partner in crime. My sister Shannon was. Um, I have four sisters, and Shannon was closest to me in age, and we always shared a bedroom growing up. And of all my sisters, she and I are the most psychically attuned, and we would have tandem dreaming experiences growing up, and where we are we're in a similar dreamscape that had nothing to do with our our real lives. And when we would compare dreams in the morning, we would discover similar characters, and we had been to those places, and we could finish finish each other's sentences when describing the dreamscape, and that has continued into our adulthood. And but. That got me interested in dreams and to, in knowing that they had value and they were at least entertaining because it, it really bonded my sister and I psychically. Um, and then growing up, I, I found that dreams, when I would remember a dream, they would give me insight into some of the personal challenges as I was, I was going through, like dating a guy, getting insight that he was cheating on me, being able to see, like it's kind of 
a psychic window into what was going on. So personally, I always knew that there was value to dreams. And then um, when I became a certified clinical hypnotherapist over 20 years ago, I really began, began focusing on how powerful the subconscious mind is, the dreaming mind. And whenever a client would share a dream with me, it would move the, thera- the therapeutic process with them forward leaps and bounds. It's like we would go from kind of like if, if you're like a detective on the, on the hunt, kind of looking for random clues to all of a sudden getting the mother load. Like, okay, here we go. X marks the spot. This is, this is how we solve this case. And I find that that's always, that's how it always is. And I disagree with one thing you said in your intro. You said that every once in a while, some dreams just don't mean anything, but I believe they all mean something. Hmm, There's not a frivolous dream, even though they can certainly seem like it. And I have thought, okay, come on, this is definitely a throwaway dream. (laughs) But I've discovered whenever I really look, they, they do, they really reveal themselves as valuable. So I wrote a book on dreams. Um, It was called I Had the Strangest Dream, the Dreamer's Dictionary for the 21st Century back in 2006. And when that came out, that really kind of catapulted me into focusing on dreams. And I haven't looked back. It's my my practice, my life, everything has become totally dream-centric. And I keep trying to back out of it. Like, come on, there's got to be more to life than dreams. And it's like, (laughs) nope. This is your this is your thing, Kel. This is it. I, I just I just keep coming back because it's so valuable. So here I am. You mentioned something, and I, I just need a bit of a clarification here because I wasn't sure if it was, you were talking about your specific um, experience or you're talking in, more in general terms. Sure. But you said dreams or dreaming can be a, a psychic window. Uh, yeah. Did you did you mean in 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 that specific instance, or is that something that we all mm have oh. access to. Yeah, so so back to the question you asked at the beginning, what are dreams? That is certainly one of the things that dreams can be. We have to check it and we have to get to know ourselves because sometimes for example, take dreams about our 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 husband wife or beloved cheating on us. That's not always literally the case. Our dreams more often than not speak the language of symbol, but every once in a while they do show us what happening. They give us a deeper view into what's going on. And really, we could say a psychic window is just, it's just seeing what's already here. It's just that we were distracted, or maybe the window was a little dirty, and we got a little psychic Windex and cleaned it off. And it's like we could see kind of the the big duh, like, oh, that was there the whole time, hiding in plain sight. So our dreams can, I think one of the functions of dreams is to show us what's already here, but it's in our blind spot, and it's, now, it's time. It's like it tees up what, what, we're, what we need to see now. So, yeah, we could call it a psychic window, but it, it could also just be revealing more clearly what's already here. Yeah, and I was going to ask about that, too. I mean, I think often we you know, walk through our daily lives picking up things, whether it's things we see, hear, smell, touch, whatever, yeah. feel, that we don't process in real time. And right. maybe some of those things come together in the form of a dream. We actually, our, our subconscious has processed that information, put it together in a way that we can understand it a little bit better and presents it to us in a dream. Exactly, JV. This is a really important piece. This is one of the reasons why I think dreams are so fascinating because we could say that 
that in any given moment, there are trillions of possible thoughts we could be thinking. Yeah. Trillions. And, but we all have a playlist of about 10 to 20 things that we cycle throughout the day. Maybe, maybe for some, maybe 100. But it's a playlist that is recurring. It's like, oh, did I, do I weigh more today? Oh, does, is this person mad at me? Oh, my toe hurts. Oh, I should exercise more. Uh, like there's, we, we have like almost every day, it's kind of a rehash of what we did the day before and the day before and the day before because we're creatures of habit and that keeps us alive. We survive well as creatures of habit. But when we do that, we miss out on so much. And we could say that any problem we have isn't a function of the solution not being available. It's just that we are so filled with what we're already habitually thinking about. We really don't have room for that solution that's trying to get our attention, trying to come in. But when we have, when we dream, there's this, there's this thing in psychology called the reticular activating system, RAS. Nickname is RAS. And it's, I, I think of it as like the bouncer at a nightclub that has the clipboard in its hands and it only lets into the nightclub the, the people who are used to coming in. And that's it. Everyone else is considered a threat. You're not allowed to come in. I don't care if you look good. I don't care if you're Jesus. I don't care if you're the Dalai Lama. I don't care if you're Paris Hilton. I don't care <laughs> who you are. If you're not already on the list, you can't come in because you pose a threat to the status quo. And so the question is, well, how do you get around that bouncer? How do you, get, how do you think a new thought? How do you open your mind up to a new idea, a new possibility? You wait for the bouncer to fall asleep. When the, the, the critical part of our mind falls asleep, it's like the freaks come out at night. When we go to sleep and we dream, there's no bouncer there governing our, our ability to, to, to sort what comes in and what comes out. Everything that we missed during the day has access to our subconscious mind. And it's, so if we remember a dream, it's as if we... This might be a strange metaphor. Let me know if I lose you on this. But <laughs> it's as if the bouncer, like it's as if a new person gets to come into the nightclub. It's as if the Dalai Lama gets to come in or an alien gets to come in and teach everyone something new. And that changes everything. So we become smarter. We become a bit wiser. We become, it's like you learn, you look, like the caveman, the first one that learned how to create fire or the first, you know, gravity or whatever. It's like, wow, that changes everything. So sometimes it takes a dream to open us up to a new idea, and that can be the springboard to access so we can access our greater intelligence and our greater what we're capable of being, sometimes just by remembering a random dream that might seem to have absolutely no obvious significance to our lives. Simply by remembering it, we're introducing something new into into the nightclub of our mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things that you've described your uh, work as, uh, it's a mission to awaken the world to the power of dreams and dreaming. Um, what you may have just answered part of that because yeah. you because you said it helps us access our higher intelligence. But what is what is the global power of dreaming? I mean, how can it help us improve our lives if we better understand it? I just I have a global agenda. That's it. World <laughs> Dominion, you found me out. Oh my God! No, it's 
I mean, I, I, I am a dreamer. I'm a visionary. So I like to, when I discover something for myself, I kind of imagine it in my mind, like as if I could pay it, pay it forward to anyone who's, who's open and who, who listens. And I, like every time I do a session with someone and, and I see the aha moment happen when we shine a light on their dream, I imagine that multiplied by all the people on the planet. And I just think, wow, we would be a better species if we were paying attention to our dreams more. It has nothing to do with me. It has to do with people paying attention to this resource that they already have that they dismiss because it comes wrapped in strange packaging. And if we just, but if we knew it's strange, therefore I need to pay attention to it, then I think that we would just become a bit more evolved. I, I know for myself, I've had moments where there was one moment in particular where I was in an unbelievable argument with this this writing partner of mine. We just got off like we had been best of friends, and we had this disagreement, and all of a sudden we were at odds. And I couldn't understand why she had just become such a blankety-blank-blank. And I was so sure that I was right about what a jerk she had become until I had a dream that I was her. And in my dream, I could feel the pain that she was in because of what I had done that I didn't even know that I was doing that was hurtful to her. And I woke up from that dream having this revelation and having this like this apology that I would have never come to in in my waking state. And it was there was we're not like the best of friends to this day, but we did have this transformational forgiveness moment that, that was pretty amazing. So I imagine people that are warring with each other, that, that think, you know, even just Republicans, Democrats, and we don't have to pick either side, but it's like if we, if we had a dream that we, that we were them, then we might have a bit more compassion. And it doesn't mean that we still don't pick, at the end of the day, our politics or our point of view, but but we might come at it from a less combative perspective and maybe be more effective in our in our communication with them. When we dream, um, how deep into our subconscious does the information come from? Is it superficial or is can we pull from things that maybe happened years ago? Oh, yeah, all of the above. I mean, we could say, I mean, there's research that shows that most dream content is relatively superficial it relatively relates to the things that we were working on or thinking about in the day. So our, like the things that happen in our house, in our work, the, the primary relationships, those issues, those things will show up in our dreams. However, because we open the window in a dream to infinity, it, we never know what's going to come flying through. So some people, you know, you can go from having a very ordinary dream about problem-solving something that you're working on in your waking life, and then all of a sudden an, a relative comes in that you maybe never met and or you discover you, you're in a past life. I just had a session with somebody recently who, who met a brother that they had never met, and they talked to her family, and it turns out, yeah, there was this brother that died before she was born. They never, she didn't know anything about him, but he came to her in a dream. So how did she know this? And it was this powerful relationship that she's been able to develop with this 
being that she never met, didn't even know existed, but there was this tremendous transmission of love that has helped her with challenges that she's working on in her life. So really, we can start superficial, and then we can go all the way to the furthest end of the spectrum, all the way to past lives, all the way to aliens, all the way to to other planets, to other dimensions, the other languages. I mean, there's, there is no limit. Literally, I feel like we're in the, as, as profound as we are right now, even with the most profound dreamers, we're barely scratching the surface of what we're capable of in our dreams. It's not uncommon to, you know, watch a movie before you go to bed. And then that very night, you'll dream of something about the movie, but it's very personalized. Is that us just kind of taking that work of fiction, if that's that's what it happened to be, uh, and kind of incorporating it into our minds and just having a little fun with it? Or did, did we recognize something within that work, that movie, that unleashed something within us, which is why the two kind of melded in a dream? Davey, you've got such great questions. You are so good. I just have to tell you. I so enjoy you. you. Thank you. You're amazing. And my answer to you is yes and yes and yes, yes, yes. (laughs) All all of the above. But I, I have to, I feel like our dreaming mind is really intelligent. It's way more intelligent than we are. And it, it doesn't mess around. It's got an agenda, and I believe its agenda is to move us forward into waking up to a better version of ourselves. So there's a, there's a saying, Jeremy Taylor, the late great dream expert who I love, God bless his, and rest his soul, um, he said that dreams never tell us what we already know. So if we all watch the same movie, say there was a hundred of us having a slumber party, and we all watched the same episode of Ratchet or whatever people are watching, and we would all dream something that would probably be related to some of the content in the show, but it would come back to our personal lives, and it would come back to pointing towards some issue that we're, that we're trying to move the needle on. And it might be a scary dream, it might be a euphoric dream, but it would be, if we really looked at it, we, we could see that it is personalized and it is related to our personal issues. And if we really looked at it, it's giving us some kind of solution for how to be a better version of ourselves inside of that. We're talking tonight with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Again, her website is her name, kellysullivanwalden.com. Kelly, I noted that you had another website as well. I had the strangestdream.com. Do they point to the same thing or is it different? Yeah, they all, all roads lead back to me. But <laughs> it's just a little easier to remember I had the strangest dream. Kelly Sullivan Walden can get people a little confused. You know, they put my last name first and right. my first name in the middle. And so I had the strangest dream com will get you there. You mentioned you also are a licensed hypnotherapist. How yeah. does that help you in your work with people as it relates to their dreams? Oh, good question. So to me, there's, there's so many ways that you can interact with dreams. I mean, I've been at cocktail parties and I meet strange people. People say, oh, so what do you do? I tell them I, I'm a dream expert and all of a sudden I've got a circle of people around me telling me dreams and I, and I can do like a quick kind of banter with people about what I, what I imagine their dreams are telling them. So that can be relatively kind of superficial conversation. But where, where dreams really reveal their impact is when you can 
take it down a notch. And sometimes on a, the most typical way that I, I like to work with people is once they've revealed a dream to me, I, through asking them a series of questions, we identify what the primary, like the sweet spot of the dream is. And there's often, like, um, I think, I, who was it that said this? Um, in, in the forest, there's, if, like, the entire forest resides in one leaf. I think it was Ansel Andrews or something like that. Anyway, so if you pull one significant symbol of a dream and really look at it and drop into it, it'll start to flower. It'll start to open up. So I ask people in a session to to focus in on a single symbol or a single energetic from the dream. And then by taking some deep breaths, by closing their eyes and going inside and maybe asking that dream symbol to speak through them, like if that symbol could speak. Somebody the other day gave me a dream where they had these two cats that showed up. One was black, one was white. I said, so what are these cats trying to say? If you could if you could if they could speak through you what would they say and there it was the most poetic unbelievable like you shakespeare couldn't have written dialogue better than than what came through this person when describing the dialogue and the very prescriptive um medicine for the dreamer that came through this cat so really it's through like a deeper level of relaxation and then sometimes i put them into a much deeper place if they're dealing with a traumatic dream, and I want them to go back inside the dream, but this time bring in an ally so that they become powerful over whatever adversary is hunting them down or whatever is making them feel nervous or scared or insecure so they can overcome that dream. So different layers, but hypnotherapy is a very useful tool in dream work. Sometimes we'll dream and we'll uh, wake up and we'll, we'll know, oh, yeah, we, I had a dream. Sometimes we'll dream and it's so real that yeah. we're a little bit unsure. And then sometimes we'll dream and it is so incredibly real that we don't want to wake up because yeah. it's, it's as though we are living a different lifetime. What's the right. difference between those dreams? Uh, well, I think it is it, the spectrum of dreams. My overall, my overall perspective is that every single dream has significance and because I've heard some silly dreams that are just like a single symbol that seem completely ridiculous and I have seen how by drilling in and meditating on that one dream symbol I've seen lives change and um, and I can give you examples if, if there's time for that but then I believe there are there are those dreams that are so incredible and so obviously important that they are really really trying to get our attention and i think that they you know it this the we have them all and we never know exactly what we're going to have but i think the the rule of thumb is to pay attention to the dreams on the ordinary nights so it's like we become a good dream catcher so that when the big dreams come we don't let it slip through our fingers and i think we all get at least one to two to maybe at least ten big dreams in a lifetime. And if somebody hasn't had one of those yet, it doesn't mean that they haven't haven't had them. It just means that they might have let them slip, or it might mean that they're right around the corner. They might have it tonight. So either way, I think the all signs point to if we pay attention to our dreams, then we're not going to miss the big ones that come through. Do you recommend people keeping dream journals? I do. 
I do. I think there's, um, in this day and age, cell phones are helpful. I use a cell phone. Um, I use an app. Actually, that's not true. I just recently stopped using an app. I'm using just the notes in my iPhone, which is still an app. But I use it because um, there's um, there are some app companies out there that you don't pay for that mine our data. So I want people. I'm suddenly telling people don't don't download the free download the free Dream apps unless you really want your data mined by who knows who's who's doing that. But bottom line, um, a regular journal with paper and pen is always great. Um, if you use a voice memo app that is just for your eyes and ears only, or the notes that's also just for your ears and eyes only, as long as you record in some way. Some people like to draw a picture. Some people like to use their voice to record it. But a dream journal of some kind, some way of recording your dream first thing in the morning is crucial. The only problem with a pen and paper is that in order to write down the dream and stay connected to it, we sort of have to keep our eyes closed and we have to stay in the dream. Mm-hmm. So we think we've recorded the dream and then we wake up and we've just like drawn a bunch of circles and we can't, <laughs> just, we can't decipher what we've, what we've um, what we tried to record. That's why sometimes using an app like um, the notes I find is, is effective. We can just press the, the microphone and kind of speech to text. What we what we were just witnessing in our dream. You know, it's funny. You just you, you you actually just opened my eyes to something. I never even considered that these free apps are really yeah. just a mechanism by which uh, companies are mining data to be able to sell and and market to us in other ways. Oh my God! Yeah, there's. Oh gosh, what was the name of the movie that I just saw? Social Social Dilemma. Social Dilemma. A lot of people Hello. talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. There's that that line. If you're not paying for the app. Then um, you are the then you're the what did they say you're the product yeah or you yeah you're the you're the thing it's like oh, free apps aren't really free so I mean literally after I watched that movie I stopped using the free dream app that I'd been using for years wow. that has thousands of my dreams on them <laughs> I was like okay on a dime I stopped oh. and and I know some of the companies and I. I don't know that they're all disreputable. I think some of the people do really valuable dream research. They they can you know they've been able to monitor what countries like what what people are dreaming all around the world, and that can be valuable. But ultimately, I think the truth is is that some of those apps are really looking for how to sell to people what's going on in your subconscious mind, so they can they can market to you better. Yeah, and that's the thing that makes it very uh, unsettling to me. It's one thing to play a game, and it's a free yeah. game, and you kind of know, okay, well, they know I like to play card games or whatever, and you know, yes. let them go with that. I don't care. But yeah. when they, when you're they're peering into your subconscious and you know yeah. very personal things, uh, yes. that's a bit different. It's a little infuriating, and uh, there was um, there was one app that I used for a while, and I didn't realize I had accidentally hit the share public button and I didn't mean to and it was a dream about Lady Gaga and it was very vivid and I somehow somebody said Kelly you're like on the top of Google like you and Lady Gaga what the heck and I was like what so if you did a search for Lady Gaga that day my dream came up number one on Google I was like what (laughs) <laughs> oh my God! You know, that's 
like I, there's a lot of stuff I share, but I don't want every single dream of mine being <laughs> everybody's public consumption. Yeah, that's, no, thank you. That sounds to me like you just created a nightmare for yourself there. Yes, exactly. I, I, that, that really freaked me out. I mean, I like to live my life like an open book. Literally, that's, my, that's what my aspiration is. I want to have nothing to hide. But I think there is something about honoring our process and sharing the dreams that we're ready to share because our dreams, and people share dreams with me all the time, and, I, and it's an honor, and I like to treat it in a sacred way. But the truth is, is that when we reveal dreams to people, we are revealing something very personal. It's like we are completely naked and like walking through those those machines at the airport, it's like, there you are, hello, <laughs> birthday suit and beyond. Like, what'd you eat this morning? Like, everything is there. We're talking about dreams with Kelly Sullivan Walden. She's a dream expert. Tell me about Dr. Dream, Kelly. You, you, you do a, a stream or something with that, right? I do a what with that? A, str- oh. a live stream? Oh, yeah, on Twitch. Yeah. Actually, they they called me the Dream Doctor the dream on that. Doctor. So there's okay. A, a, they we switched it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that was that was wild. That was my first experience on Twitch. That was kind of amazing. Um, so I was I, I'm not a, I'm not an actual doctor. I'm a clin- I'm a certified clinical hypnotherapist. That's my that's my certification. That's my title. Um, but I was doing a bunch of media when my first book came out and. Somehow, I kept people kept calling me the Dream Doctor or Doctor Dream, and I was like, and it just stuck. And so it's like you know, with quotes, it's like Doctor J, or it's you know. So I'm not claiming to be a doctor; I just play (laughs) one on TV. And and at this point, I've written ten books on dreams, and so there you go. So I, yeah, I am a certified clinical hypnotherapist to be official, and it's just kind of a fun way to remember. I think it's I think it's funny. Sure, it is. And when you say that you streamed on Twitch, did you only do it one time yeah. or do you do something regular oh, there? No, we did a series. It's on Twitch Presents and last I saw it's still up. Um it was quite an amazing thing. It was a dream experiment. Um sleep experiment and a dream experiment. And what did they call it? Um it, I know it's on Twitch Presents. I think it was the Dream Stream is what they called it. And we did four episodes. They were it was pretty fascinating. Um, we got we we had the first virtual sleep dream laboratory, where we had we would we had one sleeper slash dreamer each each episode, and for about a six hour period, we observed them sleeping and dreaming and. The, the interface, like the, the call to action for the, the streamers was to get people to vote on how to mess with the dreamer, basically, mm. to see how really we were exploring the, the whole concept of dream interference. So what happens in the physical space that a person's sleeping and dreaming in, how much do, can we affect somebody's dreams? And like, how, you know, and even the things that we're thinking about, if we have a, if we have, I mean, at some point we had, we had about 100,000 people watching at one point. And it's like, and if everybody's thinking particular thoughts, it seems like we could pinpoint 
when the person would tell us what they were dreaming about when they when they twitched when they when they when their foot you know did whatever we could identify that the people watching did influence oh wow virtually the person who was sleeping and dreaming there were several instances of that and and of course because it's twitch it was very gamer friendly and yeah. Um, very, very, very bizarre, bizarre dream characters that would show up in the sleep laboratory, dancing around the person dreaming, throwing things at them, pumping in different smells, different, different um, visual cues, different lights, moving the bed, doing all kinds of stuff. The, it was, it was very bizarre and um, very futuristic and um, a little freaky. I still think about it. I still have nightmares. Yeah, the but, only, yeah, the only um, thing I'm familiar with that affects people when they're sleeping involves a, a, a bowl of warm water in the right hand. And, right. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not allowed right. to do that anymore. <laughs> we were all at that slumber party, we exactly. all know. <laughs> and if you were a girl, it would be, I don't know why... They would freeze our bras for some reason. Oh, I don't know. man, at slumber the, parties? At, I don't know. Yeah, it was like, let's freeze her bra. Like and when happened. you were sleeping, the rest of the girls would, or whoever, they would, would, they would like, take... They would slip your bra off and stick it in the freezer, and I don't know, and then you'd think that you have to wear it, so you wear this cold bra. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know why. It's like... Never oh, heard of that. I know. You're a guy. That's why. So it's just about trying to make you pee by putting your hand in water. Oh, my but, God. No, it turns out that the colors in the room affect dreams, like the color red or the color orange, or even especially the color purple has been scientifically shown to affect dreams adversely. And now, is, colors, is, is it the col- does the color have to be there before you fall asleep? Yeah. Well, that's what. So, what the studies have been um, have been like before the person falls asleep, like they're in the room and there is like purple purple paint or purple light and and they people tend to be they have aggravated dreams they're they're not peaceful dreams but um natural colors tend to be the best which is some people would think oh i like red i like purple purple should be a very spiritual color but nope it's like beige and browns and 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 light colors tend to tend to be best and also just the, you know obviously very dark in the room as womb like as possible is is best for sleeping um but sounds around us can jar can jar us so we will have dreams that are related to the sounds that we hear so really the bottom line of all the sleep and dream research is treat your sleep environment like it's as womb like as possible so that it's quiet and or you've got some white noise and it's dark and cool and that tends to promote the best sleeping and dreaming but um yeah but on twitch you'll see some of the crazy things that they threw at the dreamers and and affected them and some didn't get affected at all and others were completely affected. you you definitely described my um, preferred sleeping conditions very dark cool very cool i like to have a good blanket on me and it has to be cool for that um, yeah. you know, it's just, it just, it's, that's very conducive to sleep. But you know, the funny yeah. thing is I have this list of questions that I prepared, but every time uh-huh. you, every time you answer a question, it spurs like 10 <laughs> other ones and I'm kind of like all over the place. It's okay. Hey, it's like we're having a dream, but you, you men- try to be logical about it and <laughs> we're like, woo. Yeah. You mentioned noises. There's a phenomenon and I don't know, there's probably a name for it and it, um, where you're kind of crossing into that dream state. 
Uh, yes. And you and you think you hear a loud noise, like a bang, or sometimes people will hear right. pe- someone like someone calling their name. And in some cases, yes. some people think this is this is spiritual. But what is that? What's happening there? Well, some people do process auditorily, and it I, it, it is a dream. It's a valid dream. It's some people aren't as visual as others, and. It's, um, I mean, I've had, I've had many of those myself, and where there isn't something physiological going on around, and you could have sworn you hear, you heard something, or there is the sound of somebody calling your name, and it's, we're tapping into another realm. I think there is a spiritual component to it, for sure. That's, that's my opinion. And I know there's probably a lot more research that I don't have on, on the tip of my tongue, but my experience with it is that there, when we, when we tiptoe outside of the confines of our logical conscious mind, we're in the Wild West and we're like anything's possible. So yeah. we can hear all manner of things and we can, we can channel all kinds of things where we have access to infinity so that might come in this in the form of a sound and a voice you opened the door very very nicely to my next prepared question (laughs) which was what what are your thoughts on dreaming as a vehicle to communicate with the departed for example oh and that's a perfect question to ask as we tiptoe closer to halloween and dia de los muertos um that's this is such a powerful topic um we it, it's believed and i believe that that most of the dreams that we have that feature departed loved ones are visitations more often than not sometimes we could put them in the wish fulfillment category but either way you slice it they tend to be something that helps us heal our hearts and move through the grief process more quickly than just about anything and um, there's, besides being helpful, you know, some people have come to me and said, I, I lost um, a de- somebody, my husband, my wife, somebody very dear to me, and I haven't received a dream. And I tell people, if you really want to communicate with someone, especially, I'd say, as it gets closer to Halloween or even on, you know, the even like on Halloween, you do your own little mini seance where you get a picture of the person that you want to communicate with. You can light a candle if you want, say a prayer if you have a some kind of belonging of them, a piece of clothing or an article of jewelry. Touch it, connect with it before you go to sleep, and maybe even ask a specific question that you want to know about, about where they are, about what they're experiencing, or about something that you want them to help you help you with, like guidance that you'd like them to give you. And if you focus on that and get very clear about what your question is, and you blow the candle out, obviously, then go to sleep, and very likely in that, that night or in a night following that, you will get your answer. You will get some kind of visitation. And it might be that the person comes in the form of a symbol that represents them. It could be like whatever their spirit animal was or some kind of a song that they loved. But be on the lookout for for that dream, and and very often we will get it within two or three dreams, two or three nights, 
will get a dream of that person. Well, I have to say, um, I was often, often curious about this. We often believe that dreams tend to manifest themselves based on things that are either weighing heavily on our mind or continuously on our minds or something along those lines. Um, mm-hmm. When my, uh, both of my parents, when they passed away, they passed away within a couple of years of each other. It, oh, wow. t- it took me years before I had my first dream of, of either mm. of them. And I thought ah. that was really strange. Mm. Well, it could be that that could be the case, but it also could be that you had many dreams about them, but there you didn't remember. Oh, good point. Yeah. So, I mean, even people like myself, who I mean, I pay attention to dreams every single morning when I wake up. It's very rare that there's a morning that I wake up without at least some flicker of a dream. But that's just one little piece of a dream, and there's there's been a, like a ton, a flood of dreams, and I'm only picking up a piece. So there's, it's like there's millions of dollars laying on the ground, and we just pick up one dollar, and that's and we're we're rich if we get that. But there's always so much left on the cutting room floor, and so it's it's not that we don't get those dreams. It's just a matter of we're not able to remember all of them. And the truth is, it's believed, and I, I believe this, that we don't have to remember our dreams in order to benefit from them. It's like we don't have to pay attention to our breathing in order to derive benefit from the fact that we're breathing in and breathing out. It happens without us. It's an autonomic function. We don't have to participate in it in order to become better as a function of it. However, I believe that the dreams that we do remember and the dreams that we do participate in they do bring our understanding of ourselves and who we are to another level. So when you did have the dream about your mom and dad or one of them, you might have been in a place where you weren't, maybe you had more bandwidth available or maybe the dream was just more particularly stunning. Or do you remember what was happening in the dream or was it, was it a simple dream or was it really vivid? I can't remember specifically the first one, but I do remember a, a very powerful dream about my mom where all Ooh. all that happened in this dream that I can remember is that we I saw her and we we embraced, we hugged. Oh. And we and that hug was the most warming, loving ah. hug. I mean, I I felt it from the dream and it was that powerful. Yeah. Oh my God, I love this. Okay, so this is this kind of illustrates the point I was bringing up earlier. Like just you saying that, just you talking about the hug, I could feel a transmission through you all the way over here. So I imagine that there's still. Do you still have a sense of that hug? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I can still feel it. I can still feel it. So what? What are you present to when you imagine that? Like if it's happening right now, if you were back in the dream and and you were in the midst of that hug, what can you describe the energy and what you're, what you're receiving while that's happening? It was, it was a hug that, it, that gave me, um, um, like I said, warmth and love, and it, it was healing wow. emotionally, and, you know, because it's been a difficult, my mother died three years ago, and it's been a difficult oh, wow. three years since she passed away. And oh, she had, wow. She was ill for the year leading up to her death, and she, you know, we, my sister and I, and there's only two of us, you know, have a lot of not guilt. Uh, I, I don't know what the word is, but we we just uh, feel horrible about her, her final year, and uh, and um, 
you know, so it, it almost like that hug told me, don't worry about any of that. I'm okay. You're going to be okay. We're all okay. I love you. I'm here. And here's, feel my love in this hug. Oh, wow, JV. That is so, this is so powerful. I'm so glad you shared that. So, so just a couple of quick questions, just, just to illustrate the point. So imagine on a parallel plane that you never had this dream and that you didn't remember it. Imagine who, like the nature of JV in the absence of this dream. Can you just give me a few words to describe who, who you would be without this dream? I would still be harbor, harboring a lot of um, regret. Um, and I, again, I can't find the word. It's not guilt, but for lack of a better word, guilt. My mother, as I yeah. said, the year leading to her death, you know, she was ill. My sister and I tried everything we could to get her better and nothing, you know, we, nothing happened. You know, we just couldn't uh-huh. get it done. So we both felt like, geez, you know, maybe if we'd done something differently, maybe if we had taken it. So it was, we both carried this, uh-huh. this, uh, you know, this yoke of, um, of this feeling that, man, maybe we should have done something else. And right. it, it was a heavy burden. Um, so right. that was a heavy weight. And, um, you know, Ooh. and obviously the grief and, and just missing her terribly. So, Right. And it almost feels like one of my, my best friends just passed a few months ago. And it feels like collectively it's a sense of failure. Like if we really loved her enough, if we really reached far enough, we would have saved her. Like, like that's what love equals you save people. And if they die, it's like something failed. Somebody dropped the ball. That's kind of the the sense. And that can be really like that belief. And it's kind of collective humanly that can, that can drain our energy that can really like reduce our life force by so much. So, so we get what, who, who JV would be in the absence of this dream. Now on the other side of things with this dream, having had this embrace, having felt her, where she's at now and that all is well and that she loves you and that you're like, you're okay. And all that you just described, imagine if you were to receive that, that hug and all the wisdom, all that was encoded in that, if you were able to receive a hundred percent of, of all that was meant for you in that hug and then spent on a parallel plane, spent a lifetime embodying that and encoding it in yourself and and becoming the essence of that, how would you describe JV on that parallel track? I would have to say that um, I have uh, far more confidence in life and death than I, if that, yeah. that sounds like a weird thing to say. Yeah. But it's true. And... Yeah. Um, and you know i don't i don't necessarily fear some of the things that i feared previously and you know that would that's that was part of what i was learning in that hug and ah. um and there's a sense there's a sense of freedom i have a sense of freedom that i did not have ah and i would even assert cuz i can feel it from here it really really touches me and i i feel like that this is the power of a dream it's like a gift that does keep on giving and it is a gift that can be transmitted to people who have the eyes to see or the, the heart to feel. But also a dream like this over time has the potential to become even more potent 
like as you think about this, let's say five years from now, there might be even more vibrancy. It's almost like this dream is a key to unlock a door that opens you to a realm of your personal enlightenment. And you can walk through that door into this realm and just keep going. So that dream is one access to find your way back there should you get lost or should you get tangled in the weeds of something else. Just remembering this dream, it's like it can put you right there. It's like a radio station, like here's the dial. You just click on that button and there you are. And over time it becomes more, not less, but more potent. And this is, these are the kind of dreams that I am really excited about because this can move the needle of your personal evolution so much, like beyond any book that you could read, any seminar you could take, any guru you could study at the feet of, your personal dream is packed with exactly the coding that you personally need and want. It's like a bullion cube with your name on it, and it's all there. And so I would say your prescription is to meditate on this for five minutes a day and see what happens over the next month. Well, I'm, I, I thank you because you've you've actually in this just in this conversation helped me unwrap it a little bit. And um, you know, I knew what what it made me feel really good that I walked away with, but yeah. I hadn't considered it at the level that you just opened my eyes to. So thank you for that. You're so welcome, and thank you, and for everybody hearing. You know, this is when there's a shared dream, just like Paolo Coelho, the author of The Alchemist, in that book, he talks about how anyone who's connected to their soul is simultaneously connected to the soul of the world. So you, in sharing this dream with us, were really coming from your soul and your soul connected to my soul. And I would say anybody who's listening is going to feel that on a cellular level and that reverberates. So it's it's not just for you. It becomes this kind of medicine that can be shared for, for all of us. Kelly, we're going to run out of time here. I want to turn the topic a little bit to some of the things that we're all facing because it's creating yes. a lot of anxiety in our in our world, uh, in our homes um, yeah. in the last you know years. Well, not quite a year, but we're approaching a yeah. year. Yeah. Um, are people having... Uh, I guess similar or shared dreams as a result of what we're seeing with the pandemic. Are there any patterns to this? Oh yeah, there there sure are, and there's been there's been lots of research done. Dr. Deidre Barrett from Harvard, who's a research um, therapist there, and she's recorded thousands of COVID dreams, and they all there's there tends to be lots of like thousands and thousands and thousands and probably millions of dreams people are having that do feature bugs and germs and small animals that are crawling around and so it's kind of literal getting wrapping our heads around what are these germs what what is this disease what is this on a on a microscopic level trying to understand it but then there's also dreams of people that are afraid that that are dreaming that they have it and like living with it even though they wake up and they're fine and they don't have it but they're having compassion for those who do, or they're, it's scaring them straight in some ways. Like some people that have been very cavalier about wearing masks, social distancing, they'll have a dream that they caught it, and they'll wake up and suddenly put that mask on. And, and I know for me, because I have, 
I'm I'm a hugger, and I've had so many dreams where and there's been a phenomenon of a lot of people dreaming about hugging people and being like shocked, like no, you can't do that, stop it, don't like get back, step away from the hug, and you know something bad happening inside that hug because we're having to retrain our brains, and so yeah, there's a lot, there's more stressful dreams being recorded now. Than, than in ordinary times, a lot more nightmares. And, um, and these are not necessarily a bad thing. I think these are very healthy because our nightmares sometimes are really trying to, they're working overtime to get our attention so that we'll course correct. Just like the, the nightmare that I had that I was at, my, my friend that passed away, I was at her memorial, and I was so wanting to hug my, my goddaughters. Like, come on. Like, I yeah. can't hug these these little girls that are, like, I was suffering. I was so upset in this dream. But the dream, if we stick with it, even the nightmares, if we can find our way through, they'll give us a solution, just like how right next to poison oak grows jewelweed. Like, the, the antidote to the poison is right next to it. So in that same dream that I was so upset in, I found myself walking away, and I walked into a church, and there were all these people singing, and I found myself singing with this choir, and, and, it was, and I was realizing, wow, we're all hugging each other without hugging. Like, there's other ways to hug. There's other ways to connect on a spiritual level and to get that comfort without, like, we can go beyond the, the physical and still get our needs met. So I woke up from that dream ultimately feeling really good about it. So... Anyway, there's, a, there's some patterns to these dreams, and because it was one of the silver linings, strange silver linings of, of COVID is that people have been getting a little bit more shut-eye because they are at home. They don't have to wake up so early. They don't have to wake up to an alarm. They're not having to drive to work. So many people are working from home. They have a little bit more time in the early morning hours to record dreams or to sleep in a little bit more to to really capture their dreams. So hopefully coming out of this, people will have more of a habitual connection to their dreams and, and they'll get in the habit of remembering them. That's my prayer. Let's talk a little bit about nightmares before we run out of time here. Um, sometimes you'll have a nightmare. And the last one that I can remember uh, had to do with like a home invasions. It's obviously a ter- ah. terrifying situation. Um, yeah. So it explains oh, the nightmare component. But other times... I'll have what will feel, my body will react like it's a nightmare, but it's just a it's seemingly normal situation in, in in the dream that should not be scaring me, but yet it is, my body is reacting as, as though it's a nightmare. Take a minute and talk yeah. about nightmares. Oh, yeah. Well, let's just take your home invasion dream. And so that's, so first of all, I believe that our nightmares are trying to get our attention they're, they're kind of like the bumps on the freeway. They're like, boom, 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 like trying to wake us up, like you're going too far to the right, too far to the left. You've got to watch your diet. You've got to watch what you're eating. I mean, in, in my Chicken Soup for the Soul books, there's a whole section on the nightmares that people had that led to their lives being saved. They, were, they went to the doctor. They, they changed their diet. One woman realized she was, she, was, she was pulled over in her dream by a cop, and he does a breathalyzer test in her dream, and he says, yep. Turns out you are absolutely lactose intolerant. She wakes up from the dream and says, what? I'm under arrest for being lactose intolerant. And it turns out, oh, 
maybe that was the cause of these horrible debilitating stomach aches she was having and so and then there was there's people that have that caught their caught the the cancer that they didn't even know they had because of dreams so if we think of our nightmares as unsung heroes of our dream time they're trying to deliver a message that's trying to make our lives better even if it seems like they're out to destroy us. They're really not. So even a dream of death or dying, let's just take a home invasion. That You might look at that and say, there's nothing of value that could come from that. But what if that dream is saying, okay, what, what's symbolic of your, your home? It, we could be literal. Let's do a reality check. Do you need to check the locks? Do you need to, to check to make sure that your alarm system is working? Is there... Is there any, there, could there be any truth to this? So at least do the reality check on that. And if that doesn't check out, then go symbolic. And symbolic, the symbolic perspective of your home is often our home is our body in a dream. So if, if your home is being invaded in a dream, then you might look at where, where is my, where am I being susceptible maybe to germs? Maybe I need to set some boundaries. Maybe, maybe I've been emotionally being triggered by somebody who's invading my space or invading my psychic space. Or there, or it might be physiological. It could be emotional. Um, and noticing where in the home did they come into the living room? Were they in the kitchen? Were they in the bathroom? So that, that will give you a clue about what aspect of, of your body maybe you need to set some boundaries on. In fact, George Norrie, who I'm sure you're familiar oh, of with, course, yes. one of his most recurring dreams he shares with me often is a dream where people are in his house. And he's like, excuse me, people, this is my house. And uh, this is my <laughs> private space. So sometimes public figures like yourself, JV, and like George Norrie, because you're out there in the public, people know you, you share about your life, there might be there, the need to set some boundaries and maybe not having to be public about absolutely everything going on in your life or, or having to come to terms with, yeah, this is who you came here to be. You came here to be this kind of public servant. People are going to know about you. So you're, that nightmare of having a home invasion might also be helping to condition you so that you are more comfortable with having 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 looser boundaries than than you might you might be comfortable with and having to figure out how to adapt to that. Kelly, you mentioned um, during these odd times that we're all dealing with right now, it actually uh, gives people a little bit more time. Maybe they can sleep more, maybe they can remember the dreams, but it also, the anxiety of it, uh, help prevent some people from getting a good night's sleep. Are there things that we can do that'll help us get a good night's sleep and maybe even uh, encourage dreaming that we'll remember? Yes, well, I because of this, because so many people are having stressful dreams and having a difficult time getting to sleep because of all this stuff, we're watching the news nonstop, and it's so dramatic. Um, I created actually 21 sleep-related, sleep-enhancing meditations that people can listen to before they go to sleep. So people can get one free sample on my website on IHadTheStrangestDream.com. You can get a free snooze meditation. It's a very short meditation that you can listen to before going to sleep and often you won't even get to the end of the meditation before you find yourself asleep and some people will listen to it if they get woken up in the middle of the night listening to a meditation it doesn't have to be mine you can listen to any you can download meditations from other people as well but often meditations are one good way to get back to bed um, some people 
get up, walk, walk around. Um, but I've found actually for myself, if I have a difficult time sleeping, listening to a meditation is helpful. Or here's another, it might sound like a shameless plug, but it's actually a really good thing. If you read something that's nurturing, even dream-related, so like a book that is related to dreams, it will get you, like if you're reading, like the first example, the Chicken Soup for the Soul book, Dreams and Premonitions, you read about somebody's really amazing story about how their dreams saved their life. Not only do your eyes get sleepy and you start to go back to sleep, but you're thinking, wow, I really want to remember a dream myself. This person had this incredible dream. I want one of those. So, so reading something that's nurturing, not the news, not anything that's at all stimulating, something that's very gentle and relaxing and that's going to be like good for your soul. That would be a good thing to read or listen to. Oh, you mentioned um, people getting a free snooze me- meditation from your website. Yes. How do they do that? They go to my website, which is kellysullivanwalden.com, or I had thestrangestdream.com, and they, there's a little button, like a little place on the right-hand side where you can put in your email address and name, and you'll immediately receive a free snooze meditation. And if you like it, you can go on and receive the rest of the 21 meditations. And there's a, there's a product, actually, that is related to this that I highly endorse. It's a, it's a CBD tea that is all plant-based that you, can, that you can take before you go to sleep that puts you in a totally relaxed, naturally relaxed state. So there's no side effect to it. It just relaxes you. So I think the perfect combination is actually drinking this, this, this tea, this snooze tea, along with the meditation. And that's kind of a golden ticket to having sweet dreams and a sweet sleep as well. And, by the way, I've got a new dream circle coming up. It's, it's for women. I usually do men and women, but there's been a lot of women saying, I want a women's circle. <laughs> it's called Wild Women Wednesdays. So any women that are listening, and if you're, if you're a man that wants to join, you're welcome to. You just have to come and drag. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the only requirement. But it starts on Wednesday, the 14th of October, and it'll be an online um, dream circle, and people can go to my... They, there's a picture of wild women on the top of my website. If you click on that banner, it'll take you to the page with all the info about Wild Women Wednesdays. In the couple of minutes we have left, tell us about your latest work, The Hero's Journey Dream Oracle, and the, and the app, right? Yeah. So it started off as an oracle deck, the dream um, Hero's Journey Dream Oracle, and it's based on, kind of creatively based on Joseph Campbell's, the way that he articulated the hero's journey, which is really something that all of us humans are on, especially during this time that we're alive. We're, so the 12 stages of the hero's journey, it's, it's really a powerful way of being able to frame the, the, the drama that we go through in, in, a, in an affirming way. And then I correlate them with dreams and dream symbols, and it just became an app. So a lot of people are really finding a lot of juice in being able to pull a random card each day and getting a message for how to be more empowered on your hero's journey that day and also how to pay attention to a particular dream symbol that might relate to your life. So it's exciting. You can go to, go to your app store and just put in a search for Hero's Journey Dreams, or you can get all of that on my website on IHadTheStrangestDream.com. 
Kelly, thanks so much for coming back. This has been a great evening. It went by so quickly, um, yeah. which I always expect when you're on the program because you <laughs> always have some great stuff to talk about. JV, I feel the same way about you. Every moment has been so delightful. Your questions are amazing, and I just I so appreciate you sharing about yourself and introducing us to your mother and letting her hug us as well during a time when we're so hug-deprived. That was the perfect dream to take a deep dive into. Thank you so much. What a joy. Well, again, thank you. I hope you'll agree to come back sometime soon. It won't be uh, a year. I think it was about a year ago you are on. Hopefully it won't be that long this time. Yeah, and maybe it'll be post-COVID. Yes, that would be nice. Post-COVID dreams. Wouldn't that be fun? That would be terrific. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.